Welcome back! You are listening to Security Experience and I'm your host Nikolos. Today I want to talk about a data leakage prevention strategy. The podcast will be about development of the strategy, key points to focus on and the main features that you would want your DLP to have. If you are looking for specific tools or solutions, then this episode is not for you. But if you want to find out how to define a vision and strategy, how to choose the solution, what features should you be looking for and organize data governance, then I would recommend to listen. I hope this will be useful for some of you and stay tuned for the experience. Data leakage is probably one of the main problems that organizations face nowadays. Often, companies do not have a view of the data that is processed or transferred on their premises or outside. This leads to absence of controls, which is therefore exploited by malicious employees or just leads to leakage of data by mistake. Let's agree that human factor plays a key role in everything related to information security and DLP solution is one of the controls that helps prevent mistakes, boost user awareness about data sensitivity and gives you an opportunity to see the data flow. Imagine your company is a human body where the flow of blood is a vital part and DLP is like an advanced blood pressure measuring device providing data about the contents in your blood, gives you a feeling of your pressure and allows you to decide what medicine to take or how to improve your health. So who needs DLP? DLP is for every medium or large organization who has sensitive customers, processes personal data and or a credit card data. Every organization who is obliged to obey privacy legislations such as GDPR stay compliant with standards and who wants to maintain trust in their services should have some kind of a data leakage prevention in place. Now you will probably tell me that you do not want to invest in DLP because you have mitigating controls in place such as blocking USB ports, for example you prevent access to cloud storage uh, media and your policies require encryption of files that are sent via email. Are you sure that users will not be able to upload files to some custom file transfer service by accessing an IP address that does not have a well-known host name? How confident are you that malicious insiders will not use mobile hotspots, for example, to share your customer data with competitors bypassing your proxy restrictions? How can you make sure that when you allow an exception for a user to send files, to your client via cloud storage, user will not send personal identification data to their personal accounts or the competitors. This is where the DLP comes in play. Without such a solution, you will have quite hard time distinguishing loads of public data from personal data. It can be used to discover personal data within your organization's premises Identify various forms of personal data from names and phone numbers to government identifiers and credit card numbers. Assemble multiple subsets of such data 
to accurately identify a whole record and even do all of this in a multiple languages. DLP is a solution capable to detect and prevent intentional or unintentional data leakage in a corporate environment. There are various types of DLP solutions on the market, however methodology and features on the high level are quite similar. Next, I will do a very high level introduction of the core processes included in the DLP solution. First organization needs to define a type of data that needs to be protected. Is it personal data such as ID numbers, passport numbers, addresses, names and birth dates? Maybe you want to focus on financial and card data such as PAN numbers, IPAN, financial amounts, currencies. Or you have some specific types of documents that your organization really cares about such as signed files, classified files, images, sheets. Why not all of them, right? After you have identified the types of data that is most important for you, you need to focus on creating rules for a DLP, meaning that you need to transform identified data into patterns that would be understandable for your DLP solution. Now, do not be afraid of this step because most of the rules that come with DLP solution will probably cover you by default. But anyway, here are the things that are most required for the DLP solution to have. Such as uh, regular expressions or a reg access, which is basically a pattern like, uh, let's say, a letter, letter, dash, number, number, dash, letter. Next, we have signatures, which is useful when organization is signing or classifying the documents. You can also use machine learning where you will periodically feed various types of files and data to DLP in order to increase its knowledge and to better identify data in question. Now, when it comes to a DLP solution, there are usually three types, uh, including network-based, host-based, and hybrid. So network-based, uh, as you might have guessed, is deployed on a network, it might be a standalone hardware or embedded into a firewall. It usually acts as a proxy, reads data in network traffic, decrypts it, and inspects it. Host-based is installed on a host machines as a software with administrative privileges. Uh, it monitors user activities on operating system layer, such as opening, writing files, archiving, uh, typing, clipboard, and more. Also, there is a hybrid solution, which is a mix of both of them, and usually they are different. Also, keep in mind that host-based DLP might have a slight impact on endpoint performance. So, DLP usually comes with various modes of action, but detection and prevention modes are always available options. So, detection mode detects tra transfer of sensitive data and incident is logged as a detected incident. Often provides ability to escalate incidents by, for example, sending a notification to a user or the data owner. Prevention mode instantly blocks transfer of sensitive data as defined in your policies, and incident is logged as a prevented incident. 
So, for example, if in your policy you allow unencrypted zip files to be transferred uh, only on your premises, then when user attempts to upload the same file to uh, Google Drive, this action will be blocked. Now, let's talk about strategy. How should we approach it? I'll present you with my way of thinking and managing this topic. And of course, this does not mean that my methodology is the best, nor that it will work in your organization. But probably it will be useful in creating your own strategy. So before typing a first letter on any strategic document, I always divide it in the following core parts, which are introduction, vision, and strategy. And of course, in this case, it will be DLP as well. Introduction provides a very high-level information in a couple of sentences just to present the risk that needs to be solved by DLP. Vision is about providing precise details of why the risk exists and proposing what I want to achieve, what would be my goal. DLP part will be about describing the data leakage prevention and presenting how DLP will help me in achieving the goals proposed in the vision. Now, strategy part is the biggest one and presents a reader about how, will, how I will approach the risk and implementation of DLP. Keep in mind that you will be most likely trying to get approval from C-suite or top management and you would need to be precise and write as small amount of text as possible because less text gives better idea about why you need their support. You can also use some visuals to make your strategy more fun to read. I believe that DLP is not only about technology, it's about data, technology, people and implementation. Data is about understanding the types of data and patterns of data that needs to be protected. Technology is about features that you require from the solution, type of the solution and infrastructure requirements. People, a vital part of every organization, defines data ownership, user education and positive communication with employees. Implementation is about setting up a test environment, scoping the pilot and going to full deployment. Let's follow the trail and start with the data. Usually companies have defined a data classification guideline, usually located in information security policies or data governance policies. The data classification allows you to classify all the data in your organization into categories or classes. For example, a policy might state that all personal data is a confidential information with a class C and the tax payment data is restricted, restricted information and uh, classed as B. Or you can come up with different classifications. Remember that alone you can never implement DLP and nor will you be able to protect data. So for classification purposes you might seek assistance from business line managers, heads of divisions or departments and even the C-suite. You can set up a small workshops uh, to understand what kind of data you have, uh, how can your organization best classify this data and distribute responsibilities. It might be useful to create a small chart where you 
display all classes and come up with examples that fall in those classes. This will be very useful when uh, communicating with data custodians and other people who will be actively using the data. I would recommend that uh, as an information security professional, you should guide your stakeholders during this process, but allow them to take ownership of data. Information sec security should not own data other than security instance, logs, or other similar pieces of information. Since the data loss prevention solution is a software, you need to identify details of how types of data are structured. This will aid you in making the selection and determining the best deployment strategy. One of the ways that can help you is by creating a data type and pattern mapping form. You can use a format you like, and this form should allow stakeholders to provide you with common patterns for your data. This might not be necessary if you are just focusing on one single type of data, because as I mentioned before, most of the solutions on the market will have default policies that might got you already covered. After having a good understanding of the data in your organization, we need to switch to technology. I will propose the main features that you might want your DLP to have. However, remember that what works in my experience might not work for you, so feel free to add or remove features from my suggestions. So features that I'm mostly looking for is, first of all, protection against common data leakage vectors, which includes clipboard, emails, file transfer protocols, instant messaging, printing, removable media, social media, web pages, and webmail. Ability to build a test environment to evaluate the effectiveness of DLP solution is also very important. It helps you in detecting problems, identifying false positives, and overall fine-tuning the policies you have. Predefined rules that are covering your standards, jurisdiction, and legal requirements such as GDPR and PCI DSS are a must. Since I am located in Europe, I'm also looking into the vendor and the solution that is compliant with the GDPR requirements. Customizable built-in sensitive information types. So this means that DLP should detect email that includes your own organization's numbering scheme for personal information or customer accounts. Customizable rules is absolute must. You need to be able to change the rules the way it fits in your organization. Customizable and multilingual notification to offending users of the policy violations and that their data has been blocked or removed. This will be important if you are a multilingual company or operate in different countries. You definitely need a customizable encryption requirement for sensitive data before storing, processing or transferring such data. For example, you will need to force encryption when transferring sensitive data outside organization's premises or force encryption when transferring one uh, transferring on external storage or USB devices. Ability to mask sensitive data. There is no use of DLP if your IT support can read personal information that one employee mistakenly transferred to Google Drive. DLP should be also able to detect sensitive data at rest, 
during processing and in transmit. Detection and protection of sensitive data both on local systems and in the cloud. Same goes to uh, transferring information via SNTP, HTTP, HTTPS, NNTP, FTP, instant messaging, and all other protocols and custom services. Logging and reporting is crucial. Usually you would want to have an ability to generate reports in multiple formats. Get reports from any point in time, report on users and departments with most incidents, also, having an ability to continuously update risk profiles is a good thing to have. Remember that if your organization is using some kind of SIEM solution, then you need to check with a vendor that DLP will be fully compatible with it. Incident management is a core part of DLP solution, but you should be looking for at least capabilities of marking incidents based on categories, data, and false positives. Also, it's escalating incidents to employee managers and temporarily allowing some actions because you do not want to prevent business operations. In order to make sure that solution will work as intended, you might want to check that it is compatible with your infrastructure and security measures. For example, with operating systems, deployed software, browsers, websites, endpoint protection, encryption, and so on. Make sure that your request confirmation from vendors on this part. DLP should be able to also integrate with your Active Directory, where it can gather information about users, roles, positions, departments, countries, organizational units, and other specific sets of data. So it's 2018, and you should probably need single sign-on to prevent multiple accounts and improve onboarding and offboarding process for your DLP. One of the features that DLP solutions have is a continuous data discovery. Although the name might be different for each uh, solution, this means that uh, it should be able to scan your organization's premises for sensitive data. Uh, it should allow you to also schedule scans, identify and categorize discovered data, Notify data owners about existence of discovered sensitive data. Next feature is tag analysis, uh, which I'm not sure if many vendors propose this, but it's definitely something uh, to look for. As you know, you can hide sensitive pieces of data in plain sight in the bits and bytes of ordinary images and videos. In order to prevent data leakage by tech-savvy users, you might need to have this in place. Data fingerprinting allows DLP to collect data in a variety of forms such as Word, Excel, and PDF. Later, it fingerprints such data with a hashing algorithm to produce an index that can be deployed as part of a DLP policy. Last feature that I recommend you to look for is a Vector Machine Learning, or VML. This way, you will provide DLP with positive and negative examples of data at the training stage, during which the features of the data are extracted to build a statistical profile that is used to classify unstructured textual data that should be protected. Okay, now we know where to look for, but where should you place the DLP? 
while network-based solution can be deployed quicker and provide some sort of coverage on internal network, it can have a huge impact on network performance when they are preventing mode by blocking inappropriate traffic. Also, this will be the case when it scans for encrypted traffic. Additionally, if you want to have a better protection on your endpoints, no matter where they are located or how their network connection works, then you might want to look into a host-based solution. Host-based solution is slightly difficult and slower to deploy, but provides more direct control over users' actions and coverage for systems that are connected outside of the corporate network. Lastly, I would suggest that you communicate with your IT and infrastructure teams, set up some workshops to understand how you want to structure the solution, calculate potential costs and resources that you will need. Next step is people. Success of the TLP strategy will largely depend on the people. Employees should be aware about TLP implementation, your strategy, consequences, and most importantly, their duties and responsibilities. If your organization does not already have a data governance policy, then I would suggest you go for it uh, do a draft uh, of a simple instruction that you will use to define the roles. Depending on the size and culture of your organization, you would need at least following roles. Data owners. Usually heads of department who are both responsible and accountable for protection of and classification of specific data sets. They appoint data stewards or in some cases, data custodians as well, and delegate administrative activities to data custodians. You might also have a data steward, who can be a line manager, who operationalizes data strategy and defines the business rules. Data custodian, on the other hand, is a data administrator responsible for implementing and maintaining security controls to meet the requirements determined by data owner. And data processors are users who utilize, process, access, and transfer data on a daily basis. They are limited by security controls put in place by custodian as determined by the owner. So in my example, we have data owners, data stewards, data custodians, and data processors. Now, uh, that's left uh, is to define uh, responsibilities for each process. For this, I would recommend to go with a simple RACI chart. RACI stands for Responsible, Accountable, Consulted, and Informed. With little internet search, you might find some examples of it. Additionally, RACI will be a good practice for presenting your strategy to the management. When responsibilities are defined, the next step for people is the education and awareness. You might need to create a, and distribute training materials, gather questions from users, and in the beginning connect some QA sessions. Also remember the power of positive communication. Try to present DLP solution as something that will enhance companies' trust and improve everyday business processes. Do not play a bad cop in this part. After all, you need DLP to support and protect businesses. 
Now, implementation part is where you need to define the way you will start and continue working with DLP. Try to structure the implementation process in certain phases, where the initial pilot will cover high-value networks, hosts, and departments. This will allow you to prove the technology, increase buy-in as benefits are realized, and gradually build skills, rules, and data analysis capabilities. Try to use Pilot to learn about data flow, find what kind of data is going through that specific part of your organization. Start with detection mode first and learn from it to improve policies. After you are confident that DLP is working, try switching to prevention mode periodically and test how it goes. These short experiments will allow you to become even better in DLP implementation and give you experience to start covering other parts of your organization. So that's about it for DLP strategy. It definitely is a long-term engagement, especially for large organizations, and requires hard, hard work. But I think it's totally worth it. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope it was interesting for you. Let me know what you think, hit me up on Twitter and LinkedIn, send your voice messages via anchor.fm, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. You can also subscribe at cypherroll.com. Talk to you in the next one.